Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study. It looks like tonight we don't have the technical difficulties that we had last week, and that's good. And I'd like to start off by thanking everybody for their prayers for Pastor Ed Ray. As many of you know, uh, Pastor Ed was involved in a nasty crash this past Saturday evening. And uh, Ed had to go through surgery on both arms, but the surgery was successful. Uh, it will take some time to heal from, so if you can continue to lift Ed and the entire Ray family up in your prayers, that would be great. For those of, the, of you who saw the picture of Ed's truck on Faceplant, you can see it was pretty wounded, and we, with the hot rod study, or working towards trying to get it squared away somehow or another. Uh, we're just in the beginning stages right now, just figuring things out. So when there's more news to present, I'll be certain to do that. Uh, tonight we are in the book of First Peter. Now, First Peter was written about, oh... 62 to 64, and again, this isn't 1962 to 64, it's like ought, ought, 62 to 64, and uh, it is a book of encouragement and a book of instruction. Uh, you can probably tell by the name that it was written by uh, the Apostle Peter, and I'd like to read you a short commentary from David Guzik about Peter, where it says, Peter's name is mentioned in the Gospels more than anyone's name except the name of Jesus. No one speaks in the Gospel as often as Peter did. And Jesus speaks more to Peter than to any other individual. Jesus rebuked Peter more than any other disciple. Peter was the only disciple who dared to rebuke Jesus. Peter confessed Jesus more boldly and accurately than any other disciple. Peter denied Jesus more forcefully and publicly than any other disciple. Jesus praised Jesus. Jesus praised Peter more than any other disciple. Jesus addressed Peter as Satan alone among all the disciples. So you could say that Peter was impetuous, he was impatient, and he was impulsive. There were times when Peter did not engage brain before opening mouth, and I'm certain that nobody within the sound of my voice could identify with that. Yeah, right. I think everybody within the sound of my voice, if you're a hot rodder, you are probably more than likely a little bit impulsive and a little bit impatient. I know that I am. So I think all of us can identify with our friend and hero, Peter. So with that, let's open with prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time where we get to be in your word. And Lord, we thank you again for your word to be into Please open our hearts and minds to your word and keep me out of the way. And I pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Okay, let's see what God has in store for us through the pen of Peter. Where it begins again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of, 
of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you are grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ who was in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that, not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit seen from heaven." things which the angels desire to look into. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming to yourselves to former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you to be holy. You also... Be holy in your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself through the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as a lamb, as, pardon me, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, for who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, 
Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. All right, there's quite a bit there tonight. As a matter of fact, um, I'm trying not to run over time, but there might be a chance of it, so be ready. Okay, now there's a lot, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, in these first two verses, there is a lot here, where it, again, begins with Peter saying, I, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion. Pilgrims, that's generally somebody who is living in a foreign land. Remember when the pilgrims came over here, that they were now in the new world. So the pilgrims are generally somebody who's not living in the where they came from. Okay, uh, We as believers are living in a foreign land today. Oh, what do I mean by that? Well, this isn't our home. Heaven is our home. Heaven is will not be foreign to us. We are here for a short period of time. As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, our lives are like a vapor in the mist. Isn't that something? Okay, uh, the pilgrims of the dispersion. Now, this term generally applies to the children of Israel after the fall of Jerusalem, where they were, oh, uh, they were sent to Babylon, and you know, that was the, the, uh, the Babylonian uh, exile, and they were sent all around elsewhere. But realize, this is really speaking to Christians. Remember, this is in 64, 62, 64, and the emperor of Rome at the time was Nero, and Nero didn't much care for Christians. As a matter of fact, you see all the stuff about the Christians being fed to the lions? Well, yeah, that was under Nero. You may have heard of Christians being crucified, then lit on fire to light the Appian Way. Yeah, that was Nero. So Christians were being persecuted at the time, and so there was this dispersion into Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. Now, these were all uh, from now modern-day Turkey, uh, the area that is uh, bordered by the north by the Black Sea, south by the Mediterranean Sea. You can take a look at a map and figure out about where that was. Now, they were, again, uh, they were being persecuted, so they, they went all over. Interestingly enough, God does the same thing today, and also in different various ways where he disperses people where he wants them to be. Uh, case in point, uh, I've been through uh, a couple of church splits, one that was really bad where it placed Pam and I completely away out of that church. And, you know, it's almost, my gosh, this is terrible. Well, actually, no, because it placed Pam and me where we needed to be. It placed me in a position now to reach more people. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for the church split that we went through, 
we probably wouldn't be having this conversation on faceplant now. I would have been just happy to be serving in the position that I was serving there. But God had better ideas. God had better ideas for the pilgrims of the dispersion in this point where he placed them away from the uh, persecution in Rome. Okay, verse 2 goes on to say, elect according to the foreknowledge of the Father. Chosen would be another word for that. Chosen according to the foreknowledge of the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of blood of Jesus. Okay, this happens to right there mention the triune God. We're talking about the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. Okay, and I like, as Paul would have his standard greetings, I like this greeting of of Peter where he says grace, which is something that we as Christians recognize, that we're saved by grace to you, and peace, again, the shalom of the Jewish folks. Hello, Dennis. And I like this, be multiplied. Peace be multiplied. Doesn't that just do it for you? You know, we're all searching for peace. And to have that multiplied, what what a greeting. Goes on in verse 3 to say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, mercy is not receiving what we deserve. We ask for mercy. We don't want to receive what we deserve. I like to say when people say, how you doing? You say, well, better than I deserve. Because if I got what I deserved, God would not have mercy on me and I would be frying in hell. Okay. His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. It sounds like a Buddy Holly song, right? Yeah, not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's look at 1 John 3, verse 2, where it says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as he is. That's that revelation being revealed in the last time. Verse 6 says, if In this you greatly rejoice, for though, though now for a little while, if need be, you will be grieved by various trials. Oh gee, does that mean if I come to Jesus, I will, I won't no longer have any troubles? You know, people get this idea, man, now now I've got Jesus in my life. Things are going to be great. Well, you know, Satan doesn't much care for things to be great in your life. And he's going to do everything he can to try and keep you from being with Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I uh, Some years back, I was going through a, a pretty difficult time 
job burnout. And I think everybody goes through that at one time or another. And especially if you've got over 40 years in the same job, that can get a little bit of a burnout at times. And so I said, you know, what I need to do is dedicate this business to the Lord. So I got on my knees and I dedicated Ed Martin Garage Incorporated to the Lord. Things got better, right? (laughs) Actually, no, things got a lot worse. (laughs) And the thing about it was, is it made me focus more on the Lord than the things that were going on down at Ed Martin Garage Incorporated. Now, by the time Pam and I uh, were able to, uh, I shouldn't say rid ourselves of that, uh, but we were able to move on from that blessing. My family was blessed for 86 years from that business. Uh, but by the time we were able to move on from that, uh, things were in place. Perfectly in God's perfect timing. So, okay, just because you dedicate your life to the Lord, uh, don't think things aren't going to maybe sometimes have various trials. Verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith. Now, this is what it's talking about. These various trials uh, produce the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than the gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, you know. They burn away the dross from gold with fire. Well, this is the same thing that happens with the various trials going on in our faith. We're being tested like gold. That it may be found uh, to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Okay, let's look at John Chapter 20. Oh, where did I go? I got another one. There's another one. I got a bunch of these tonight. John 20, verse 29, where Jesus says to him, Thomas. We know about dialing Thomas, right? Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And this is what... Peter's talking about here, says that although we have not seen, we love him. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible. Joy inexpressible. Yeah, that's an overwhelming joy. I just can't express this. It says, and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. And that truly is the gospel, the good news. Through our faith, we get the salvation of our souls. So unlike those who reject Jesus, we will not be rotting in hell, but being with him in heaven. I I watched something the other night. (sighs) I shared this with my friends. I watched 60 Minutes the other night. I haven't watched it for a number of years because a lot of times it just upsets me. But there was a neat deal on the Beatles and some other stuff. Well, anyway, there was an advertisement on there for the Freedom From Religion Foundation. And it was Ronnie Reagan who said this. And he said, yes, I'm Ronnie Reagan. And I'm a longtime atheist. And I'm not afraid of uh, burning in hell. Well, Ronnie Reagan... If you were somehow or another to watch this, 
I just want to tell you, guess what, buddy? You're going to find out. You're going to find out. Okay. Verse 10 goes on to say, Of this salvation, the prophets, uh, one of which we'll be seeing here, the prophet Isaiah, a good example, 750 years before Jesus was on the earth, have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ, who was then in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Okay, these things happened 750 years prior, and these were testified through Christ to these prophets who gave this to us. And I am going to read, and this will really hit home, Isaiah 53. Uh, yeah, I won't go on any further. I'll just read. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. We despised him and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth and great, wait a minute, and, uh, and he was led like a lamb to slaughter. Speaking of Jesus back then, 750, 750 some odd years prior to being with us. And that's what Peter's referring to here. To them, speaking of the prophets, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which we, which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. What he's talking to is that the prophets prophesied this to happen. Again, Isaiah being a great example. And then now Peter, who was there to see this with his own eyes, is testifying to this. And also through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is able to now, I, through the Holy Spirit, am able to testify to these things. I didn't see him. Peter did, right? But I can testify to this through the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into, which is the unfolding of God's eternal plan. Isn't that great? Angels desire to look into this. Verse 13, Therefore, 
Gird up the loins of your mind. Get rid of the stinking thinking. Be sober. Be self-controlled, in other words. And rest your hope upon the grace. Now that we talked about mercy, not receiving what we deserve. It's grace is receiving what we don't deserve. Okay? Fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorances. Man, I hope that, <laughs> I hope that I've learned something from the ignorant things that I've done. I hope the same thing happens for you. Hope the same thing happens for us all, especially those of us who are north of 60. You kind of should by now have learned a few things from the silly things that you've done. And it goes on in verse 15 to say, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Oh, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. That comes from Leviticus 11, chapter 40. I mean, Leviticus 11, verse 44. Now, (laughs) uh, holy doesn't mean perfect. Holy means set apart. People ought know who you are by how you act, that you are set apart. Okay, we are set apart as believers in Jesus Christ, and we should act differently than those who do not. Verse 17 goes on to say, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality, or as my father would say, it doesn't matter what your name, rate, or horsepower is. Without partiality, judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here on earth in fear, in reverence for God. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Now, Peter is not only speaking to the Jews who had the traditions of the fathers, had the law, but also to the Gentiles, to the pagans, who had their traditions of worshiping many gods. Okay, he's saying it aimless conduct received from the traditions of your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus, the Paschal lamb, the ultimate Passover lamb. And in Exodus uh, chapter 12, it talks about the lamb for the Passover who has no blemish. Well, Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb who, who shed his blood for our sins. Verse 20, he indeed was foreordained, foreordained, I can say it, before the foundation of the world. But he was manifest, he was revealed in these last times for you, who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope in God again. Grace, not something earned. Okay, since you have 
purified your souls in the obeying the truth through the Spirit in severe, since not severe, severe love. Yeah, that's good. Sincere love. It could be severe. Sincere, severe, sincere. You know, I prayed that I wouldn't get tongue tied before I did this tonight, and God said, ha 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 ha. Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Love one another. I want to speak to that. First Corinthians 13, 1 and 2 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of the angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Remember that. Without love, we are nothing. So, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again. Remember, that's what uh, Jesus had to say to Nicodemus. Remember, he was a Pharisee who snuck in. You know, he believed in Jesus, but he didn't want everybody else to know it, right? So he snuck in there and says, okay, what do I need to be saved? And and he says, well, you know, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus says, what? I can't re-enter my mother's womb? He says, no, you need to be born of the Spirit. There it is, born again. We need to be born of the Spirit, not of the corruptible seed. Okay, not being born of my Father's will or whatever the deal like that, but with the incorruptible, which is incorruptible, which is the Spirit, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. The Word of God. You know what? Not only are we studying the Word of God, but Jesus is the Word. John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember that. The Word was God, not a God. If somebody comes knocking to you, knocking on the door, and wants to share with you what they know, and if they say in their Bible it says, the Word was a God, You tell them, flee from me, Satan. Or you might share with them, no. (laughs) The word is God. Jesus Christ is God, not a God. And not just the Son of God, but God. Okay. Verse 24 says, why? Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass... The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of God endures forever. This is Isaiah 40, uh, 6 through 8. Now, if you're like me, you probably like different genres of music, with the possible exception of what the altar billies refer to as rhymes with with crap. (laughs) Uh, I like all different kind of music, 
Uh, there is a Christian artist by the name of Fernando Ortega. If you ever get a chance, you know, I never thought when I was growing up listening to rock and roll that I would like cello. Boy, sometimes I can just really send you done properly. Well, Fernando Ortega has a lot of songs with cello, but he has a song that you might want to check out that is uh, entitled All Flesh is Grass. And it is using these words of Isaiah that he sings, which reminds me of when I was a little guy growing up in a Lutheran church and we would chant. Okay, I knew all this stuff by heart. It wasn't until later on that I recognized what I was doing was singing back to God his word, the Psalms, things from Isaiah, all these different things. What a great way to learn these things. What a great way to learn these things. So don't sell music short. There's good stuff in there that you can learn from. And again, uh, I, if I uh, could recommend it, I do. Fernando Ortega and check it out. Okay. And there's a lot of other songs he does real good too. And at the end it says here, now this is the word. Again, we have what, what Paul, what Peter's talking about here is the word. Not only the word that we're studying, but Jesus, the word, which by the gospel was preached to you. All right. Hey, look at that. Only ran over a little bit. So questions, comments, smart aleck remarks. Fortunately, I don't see that Jim has anything to throw at me tonight, but you know, you never know. He might be hiding something. So with that, like again, if you do have any questions, anything like that, please, please feel free to talk to me. I'd love to do that. And we can have some discussion. You might, you might show me where I'm wrong. That's because I'm not infallible. With that, I'd like to just close with a blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.